Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And as you guys already probably know, because you clicked on it, this is a mini episode. And we will put mini in quotations. (laughs) Although, I have to say, I think we've been pretty good lately. Lately, it's because when we do two... Like, in one night, mm-hmm. we did the mini-episode really fast, but this is our only one we're recording tonight, so we'll see how it goes. That's true. And last time, we were not together for the mini-episode. Yes. Which I think also made it a little bit shorter. Yeah. But we will attempt to keep it under 40 minutes. That's usually the plan. We'll but try. things go off the rails on this podcast, so... <laughs> you never really know what you're going to get, you know? You don't. Just like when I say, hey, Keegan, you know what? I am going to go out with you to this bar that you love so much. Yeah. And then a guy rubs his butt against yours. Listen, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was, like, waiting to, like, bring this up again when we were recording. First of all, I just promised you a good time. I didn't promise <laughs> you, like, a totally sanitary or safe time. I was going to say, you didn't promise me safety. Okay. <laughs> okay. And typically, I can say that I've never seen that guy before in my life, and I go to that bar quite often. She also did get roofied at this bar. Okay, I mean, I'm listen. Just, I'm I just... feel like... Okay. <laughs> you're giving it a very... <laughs> Bad reputation. They're both facts. It's both facts. Okay, I had a good time once that dude was gone. I have to say, you guys, find yourself a friend like Keegan. I swear to you, she was more on top of this shit than my boyfriend was. This guy went near me and Keegan just, like, steps between us and is like, nope. Dude, I get it. You're fucking a million years old. But also... This is not 1955. You could... Don't don't ever rub up against a girl's butt, dude. No, but also, like, you don't need to ask someone's boyfriend for their permission. You know what I mean? But also, don't talk to me. But also, stay the fuck away from me. I just found it funny how, like, whenever I even, like, mentioned it, Keegan's, like, eyes, like, got wide. I was like, I'm on it! (laughs) Not today. (laughs) She was just like, this is not happening. Not in my bar. Not in my bar. Not to my friend. See, you see, this is why the podcast is a million years years long. I know, um, but I had, I had to bring it up. I no, had to bring it I'm up. I'm glad you did. I'm just saying. Because it was so, it, it's so everything that we talk about with the, the fears that women have going out and... Yeah, creepy old guys marks up there. Um, I'm so exhausted from going out two nights in a row. I'm too old for that. But yeah, I hear you. I had a very, very busy weekend last weekend, and I'm still recovering from that. For real. Okay, well, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go, go. I feel like we need to give a skunk update. Um, Baby skunk. Yes. Is now weaned. (gasps) He's not drinking milk anymore. What is he eating? He likes broccoli. And, gosh, what else did my... Can you please have a video of him eating broccoli? I yes. I see it. Yes, I will ask for a video. He has teeth now, he's eating broccoli, and he's eating something else, but I heard Is they... Lettuces? He does not like fruits. Oh, so, okay. But he likes vegetables. Okay, that's But anyway, cool. yeah, he's weaned. He's oh getting God. bigger. Can they please keep the skunk forever? I would love to. 
but I don't think that's in in the cards. But he, I'm just, just glad he's still alive. Teach him not to spray. I'm just glad he's still alive. I'm glad he is too. Um, I think that's great. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started. What do you? What's something that you have to talk about this week? Oh, um, one more thing. <laughs> Go. Correction. So I read an article that said that Trayvon Martin's dad was in This Is America. And then after we finished recording last week, I was like, I should verify that since I said that with a lot of confidence. Right. And apparently it is a thing on the internet that there was an article written that said that that was Trayvon Martin's dad. And it's not. And so it got spread all over the internet. And so the musician who is in that video, who looks like Trayvon Martin's dad... (laughs) had to come out and be like, I'm not Trayvon Martin's dad. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Donald Glover did that on purpose, like cast somebody who looked like him for like the symbolic value or whatever. But I feel like that musician maybe would have known and would have been like, that maybe would have been part of a statement. It could have, and it could have been part of his breakdown, casting breakdown, um, if that was the case. Yeah. But, um... I mean, it could have been a happy accident, which it seems like yeah. it probably was. Yeah, but correction... That okay. was not Trayvon Martin's dad. All right. All right. Sorry, musician. Sorry, guy. I should have written your name down You're instead rad. of just calling you that. We'll, it's okay. We'll You're put rad. your name in our uh, Instagram post. Okay. So I just kind of wanted to touch on, and I don't want to stay on this too long because I know that um, we talked about it a lot, and it's been kind of all over the news mm-hmm. for the entire last week or so, and as it should be. Um, I just kind of wanted to briefly touch on, because I feel like there's some confusion as to where the people who are crossing the border into our country who are being separated from their yeah. children, where they are coming from, okay. and why they are seeking asylum. Because okay. I feel like that's unclear for okay. for most people, including myself. Yeah. So I will attempt to stumble my way through my understanding of what's happening with that or okay, why. Cool. Because I think it it gives a lot of context whenever people are just like, well, they're criminals, they're breaking the law, they're putting their children at risk um, by breaking the law, and so I don't have sympathy for them, which is a fucked statement to Mm -hmm. begin with, to not have sympathy for families. Especially if someone is seeking asylum, that's not against the law. Well, I mean, and you're, you're saying, I don't even care. Like, to say that, like, they... You don't have sympathy for families or children being separated from their parents. Right, because their parents are quote-unquote criminals. Is, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Is really messed up. Um, yeah. But in addition to that, so here's my understanding of, of how this came about and why we are in the situation we're in right now. Um, so Obama, although he did many wonderful things, he actually deported more people than many presidents before him. Interesting. He... He was very known for having done that. And um, I guess whenever a lot of people did cross over from South American countries, um, either with drug cartels or what have you, he deported those people who were, you know, gang members, criminals, and such back to their countries. So he didn't, even if they came over through Mexico, he didn't just send them back to Mexico, he deported them back to their countries. So when that happened, there was, because he deported so many people and all kind of at once, there was an influx of actual criminals and drug members and things into these South American countries. So a lot of the people who are crossing the border right now are not actually Mexicans. They are coming in through Mexico from South American countries because their countries are Full of criminals. Fucked up now. Yeah. Yeah, and very dangerous. Right. And they're actually seeking asylum. Like, they're, yeah. they're seeking freedom. And that's the thing that I think people don't understand. You There's this wonderful quote that says, you don't 
you don't put your child in a rowboat unless the water is safer than the land. True. So it's like they're not bringing their kids over here just for no reason. It's because they're trying to save their families. Right. It isn't that... I just go back to the origins of our country, and I think about all the people. I mean, like, there are so many backgrounds where that was their whole thing, was that they they did not have the life that they wanted in their country and then came to the U.S. for safety and better opportunities. Like, that's still the case. Right. I mean, it is it is an interesting thing for me because I think you and I especially are, like, people who, whenever we talked about uh, millennials and Gen Z and kind of the difference in having grown up with or without a certain amount of, like, nationalism or patriotism, I think we did grow up with an idea of America as being kind of the safe haven, um, which... Well, but that's why a lot of people came here, because they also believe that, like, oh, the streets are paved with gold. Right, it is this American dream mentality, but it's, it's also, and that is true, but I think it's very complicated because... It that is American, but it is also so deeply American to like racism and ostracizing yeah. people and um you know, calling brown people criminals. Yeah. You know, this country was built on the back of genocide and slavery. Yeah. So that is also deeply American. Right. And it's just really difficult and hard to see. And, you know, I know that Trump <laughs> signed some executive order, but everything that I've heard about that is really convoluted and confusing right. as far as there's no actual language in there. And there's that's a lot of the thing is that I don't understand it. Like I'm waiting for for it to make sense to me. There's a lot what of what he's actually trying to There's a lot of caveats. Do. Like to my understanding they're saying that they will keep the families together, but there's also a caveat in there that says that they can hold them indefinitely. But that, and that's the thing is that I said last time is that because of Flores, which was a Supreme Court you ruling? cannot ruling, thank you, that you cannot put kids in these like detention centers. Mm-hmm. You have to put them in like more respectable places, I guess. Not that a warehouse is. So that's what I'm wondering. Then what are they doing with these families if they're not putting them in detention centers because you legally can't? Unless they're finding a loophole in Flores. I don't know. Um, I don't think that they are putting them in detention centers. They're keeping them together somewhere. Um, I I heard something about where they're keeping them, but I don't know enough about that to speak on it right now. But they are allowed through this executive order, should it pass through Congress, I think, question mark, let me know if that's right or wrong, but should it pass through Congress, um, they would be allowed to hold these people for as long as they wanted to, which seems, that doesn't seem right either. Like, it just seems like they're not being provided, like, proper due process and, you know, like, I don't know. To me, it seems like something was thrown together because... The Trump administration was seeing, like, how are we going to get out of this kind of thing? Like, well, they yeah. were in such a bad place and they looked really bad. So it, they were like, we need to save face a little bit on one side while still keeping, you know, the Trump voters happy. Appeased. I Well, I think it was purely for optics. Purely yeah. for optics. Like, I it was agree. just purely to look a certain way. Just um, to kind of make the media circus go down a little bit. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, I just kind of, I don't want to spend our whole episode talking about that, you know, well, but... Well, I have something that kind of bounces from that. Okay, great, great, yeah. So, um, 
in Virginia, Sarah Huckabee Sanders went to <laughs> the hen. I saw that. The red hen. The red hen. Thank you. And was asked to leave out of moral conviction. When asked, the co-owner, Stephanie Wilkinson, told Washington Post that Sanders was asked to leave on behalf of their gay employees. Um, not just on... Well, I mean, yeah, that is part of moral conviction. But she went into further detail there. And um, a week before, White House Senior Advisor Stephen Miller who was thought to be the driver of the family separation policy, was reportedly called a fascist at a Mexican restaurant and, like, you know, yelled out of there. And protesters also shamed Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten... It, yeah, cri- yeah, it's Kirsten. I, fuck that name. I'm sorry. If your name is... I'm like, fuck that name. Yeah, quick, so- quick sidebar. I mean, okay, listen, if you're listening from a Nordic country... We get it. You guys put J's in where they don't belong by English standards. Um, But sidebar about Kristen Kristen Nielsen. So her name... Okay, hold on. Her name is spelled, just for you listeners who don't don't know, K-I-R-S-T-J-E-N. Yeah. Nielsen. Kirsten Nielsen. And she was asked if... During the whole debacle with Trump calling, you know, countries where brown people come from shithole countries Mm -hmm. and saying that he wanted more people to come from Iceland Mm -hmm. or, like, other respectable countries. He wanted, like, respectable immigrants. And she was asked... Exactly. She was asked at, like, a hearing or one of those, you know, things. She was like... They were like, so would you say that it's mostly white people in Iceland and she, and in those Nordic countries? And she was like, I, I wouldn't have any understanding of that. And I'm like, your name is Kristen with a J. It's Kirsten. Yeah, she got heckled out of a Mexican restaurant because she went yeah. to get Mexican food like in the middle of when this was at its like peak. Guys, no, don't go to any restaurants, <laughs> especially Mexican restaurant establishments because they all fucking hate you. Did you hear what they were yelling at her? No, tell me. So, uh, there's audio of this somewhere, but they were yelling, um, because a bunch of protesters showed up, and basically the first, like, 15 minutes, she's, like, on her phone trying to ignore them, basically, and eventually she, like, ended up getting up and leaving, but they were yelling, uh, if the kids don't eat in peace, you don't eat in peace. Love it! (laughs) Love yeah. it. Um, so well, basically, and that's that's kind of like what I'm getting at. Where that Congresswoman Maxine Waters urged constituents at an immigration rally in LA. This is a quote from Jezebel.com that I love so much to continue to harass the fuck out of everyone in Trump administration until they no longer resemble spineless little weasels intent on stripping the U.S. of what's left of its adamantly tepid dig- dignity. Um, it's been such an interesting thing, though, because it's been very interesting to see the right kind of rise up and say yeah. that the left is lacking civility because but, of kicking Sarah Huckabee Sanders out of this restaurant. And this is the thing, and this is the question and discussion that I want to have with you. So, when the bakery who decided that they would not make a cake for a gay couple, mm-hmm. they went under major scrutiny mm-hmm. because they wouldn't make this cake. Right. And a lot of people will make a similar argument on the right mm-hmm. to say that we are now, the liberals are now doing the same thing to the right. Well, right. I mean, you here, know, here's, the, here's the difference. Well, hold on. First of all, first thing is... These same people who are making this argument now are the people who just celebrated that Baker getting let off in exactly, Colorado. Exactly, exactly. So, but they, but you know that they're going to grasp course, at straws. They already have. They yeah. already have. It's already begun. Yeah. So that's what's happening already. 
But here's the difference, and this is an important distinction. If the if the owners of the Red Hen put out a sign that says, no Republicans, or we refuse to serve any person of this political ideology, that would be discrimination. That's not what they're doing. And I mean, and that's what you're doing whenever it's discrimination against a group of people by saying we won't serve gays, we won't serve blacks, et cetera, et cetera. Refusing to serve one particular person is... Or group of people. I mean... Well, just one person is... I mean, because they didn't kick out the group. They said Sarah Huckabee Sanders had to leave. Yeah. So they said, in the articles that I read, it said and her and her family. But I'm assuming it's her, family her family were just followed. Her family were there, but I think they yeah. left. They just left because she left. they weren't going to serve her. Yeah. So refusing to serve one individual is completely within the rights of any establishment. Exactly. If, if a guy, um, this is how they stated it on the Daily Zeitgeist. If a guy bullied you in high school and he comes into your restaurant. You actually have, it's completely within your rights to say, um, I'm not going to serve you, Billy, from high school who stuck my head in the toilet. Um, you uh, you have to leave. That's why people have those signs, we can refuse service. Yeah. You can refuse service to anyone unless it is based on discrimination of a group. Right. You know, because they're of, of a certain group. Right. So there is nothing wrong or illegal about not serving Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Like, you know? Yeah, I agree. And so, to go on a little bit more about what Maxine Waters said, this is a quote from her. It says, I have no sympathy for these people that are in this administration who know it is wrong what they're doing on so many fronts, but they tend to not want to confront this president. For these members of of his cabinet who remain and try to defend him, they're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. They're not going to be able to stop at a gas station. They're not going to be able to shop at a department store. The people are going to turn on them. They're going to protest. They're going to absolutely harass them until they decide that they're going to tell the president, no, I can't hang with you. This is wrong. This is unconscionable. And we can't keep doing this to children. And then it says, Waters' call for relentless protest preceded a a fun missive from the Washington Post editorial board titled, Let the Trump Team Eat in Peace. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, and it says, We nonetheless would argue that Miss Huckabee and Miss Nielsen and Mr. Miller, too, should be allowed to eat dinner in peace. Those who are insisting that we are in a special moment justifying incivility should think for a moment how many Americans might find their own special movement. How hard it is to imagine, for example, people who strongly believe that abortion is murder, deciding that judges or other officials who protect abortion rights should not be able to live peaceably with their families. They've already decided that. (laughs) No, that's the thing that that bugs me about that is doctors... It's such a stupid argument. Well, because it's already happening. I don't understand at all why we're having this argument about civility because... People on the right have already bombed abortion clinics. They've mm-hmm. already murdered abortion doctors. That's already happened. Mm-hmm. You want to have an argument about civility when it's people on the right who have been attacking people for their sexual orientation or their race, etc. for how long? Yeah. And so I'm just like, yes, I understand. This is a culture war. We have and that is what it is now and I don't know how to fix it. Like you have people on the right and you have people on the left and this is a culture war it's because it's because people you know we we were always separate in some way or another at least in my life 
because I was always so painfully aware that I was on the outside growing up. But now with Donald Trump being president and allowing these alt-right, like so far-right people to be able to come out, and then all of a sudden it's like you almost have to negate it with the far, far left, and then it's just, it's become this thing that I feel like because of the administration that we're in has become bigger and badder than ever Right, I mean, and we're so deeply, deeply in our own echo chambers, truly on both sides. I can yeah. I can say that. Because I can say I think it's I do think that the propaganda on the right, the propaganda machine is intense. And it's um, bizarre. <laughs> so but I but I do think that we are in echo chambers on both sides. But this idea because that's what they keep saying is that we don't have any civility for like not yeah. letting Sarah Huckabee Sanders eat in peace or it's whatever. Such but bull. it's such bullshit because we can't even let fucking eight year olds sell water in front of their apartment buildings without calling the police. Yeah. So uh, you know, I just think that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Megan McCain tweeted, "This is absolutely insane and extremely dangerous." My father-in-law works in the administration. Does this mean when we go out to dinner, we should be ambushed? Don't ever again give me any of the when they go low, we go high lip service. Okay. Oh, God. It's going to be a long episode because I think also, not that I think we shouldn't do that. Like, you know, the when, when they go low, we go high is a wonderful sentiment that I think that a lot of people on the left had, you know, in the past and have tried to stick to. However, it doesn't working. work. Nope. It doesn't work. Not right now. Not in not in the political right. climate that we're and, in. No, it does not work. It's and I'm not, not gonna saying, get anything done. I'm not saying get nasty. No. You know what I mean? But I am saying, like, we have to understand like it's just like it's just like Game of Thrones, you know what I mean? Where it's just like you have to be able to play their game. And right now, the right is playing it better than we are. And that's yeah. why they are that's why their fan base is so rabid, you know? Yeah. Like, that's why. Yeah. And it's such a weird thing to ha- to come to that conclusion of just, like, well, we need to play dirty because I don't want to have that mentality. I don't want to have to play dirty either, and I think that it's a personal choice as well. We're not being like, you guys all have to play dirty now, but, like... No, but that is why the, it, the left is failing in some ways, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we do we do have to be particular about the ways that we want to fight these issues. Okay, um, should, we, should we talk about more, like... Big newsy stuff, or should we talk about happy stuff? Because we also have a story to read. Okay. It's a short story. What big newsy stuff do you have? I was going to talk about um, the immigration ban oh, God. a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to? No, I, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I was just going to say, on Tuesday, the Supreme Court upheld Donald Trump's ban on immigrants and refugees from six Muslim-majority countries, Libya, Iran, Somalia, Syria, Yemen, and Chad, and North Korea and Venezuela. What was that? I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Um, the ban was a revised third version of Trump's original travel ban, which was enacted after he campaigned on and repeatedly stated his desire to ban Muslims from entering the United States. Um, even Donald Trump is amazed that this happened because he tweets, in all caps, Supreme Court upholds Trump travel ban. Wow. Who, who, who was it? Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Like, even he couldn't believe that it actually passed. He's like, whoa, what? Crazy. Rudy Giuliani told Fox News that Trump sought his advice for how to legally enable him to implement a Muslim ban. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, <sighs> that is what he said whenever he went to do it. I mean, that's the thing. And I, when this first happened, the first time, and, you know, we were all, you know, going to airports and, and sitting in and all of that stuff, yeah. I... I did a lot more research on it at that time. I This just went through, I think, this morning. So I haven't caught myself back up yeah. with it. But it is an interesting thing that there are other countries that are, in a lot of ways, more dangerous um, yeah. to us. Far more dangerous but to us. But he's that, playing on the American fear. You know, terrorists, right. have, terrorists to us have but, always been these Muslim people, so he's playing off of that fear. But even with that, there are other Muslim-majority countries that are bigger threats to us than these countries. And, yeah. and But he has political interests in those countries, like Saudi Arabia. You know, well, so... He said North Korea and Venezuela as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I I don't have a lot to say about yeah, this I at this moment. I don't just either. I mean, it's just was uh, the, like oh, I, yeah. I've got family that came here from Iran during the Ayatollah takeover, and um, they wouldn't be able to do that right now. Yeah. And and like I have a friend who's been a Syrian refugee since he was a child. You know, who's lived in different countries his whole life and had to escape his home because. It wasn't safe for him there, you right. know? And it's like, again, we're just becoming another place that is unwelcoming and unsafe for them, and that's what makes me unhappy and very sad. And, and they can't leave. Like, I have a friend who lives in Sri Lanka who wants to visit, but it's like, is it is it safe for him to leave and come back right now? Right. It, it's scary, um, and I think for a lot of people, I know that, you know, working where I work in, you know, tech there are a lot of people from other countries, a lot of Indian people that I work with, and that not that that's on a travel ban, but when this was going through the first time, they yeah. were scared. Yeah. Because when things like this start going down, they start to get afraid. What about their visas? Well, are they? Yeah, it what about their? Increasing in yeah, their families are over in there. Sized. Well, it also it's like if it works with one area, who's to say it's not going to keep growing right. and expanding? You yeah. Know? Um, so okay. Let's keep going. Let, let's move on to. Because, I mean, we will get back to that stuff, but I just Definitely. don't have a lot to say about it right now because I haven't educated myself as much on that. I mean, it happened this morning, so yeah. I just wanted to touch on it briefly, yeah. but let's continue. Totally. I have, I'm going to actually share a short, happy thing. So, here's a kind of interesting thing that's happening. The Connors is going to be a thing. The they Connors? are bringing back Roseanne with... Oh, I read this! Without Roseanne. Did you see that she, like, apologized? She quote-unquote apologized. Her, yeah, she's like, I'm sorry that my racist tweets seemed racist. Yeah, she was basically like, I'm not racist, and I'm not stupid, and I would never call a black person a monkey, and it's like, but you... But you did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how can you be like, I would never do that? It's like, but you but did it. But I was on Ambien, guys. I don't care. Listen, I'm I'm no, kidding. no, I know. I'm talking. I'm talking to her. I'm just oh, okay. like, I'm like, I don't, I don't care. The number of times I've mixed Nyquil with wine, and I've not done anything insane. So, yeah, guys, I've been drunk and stupid and high and on morphine, and I don't think I've ever tweeted anything racist. Yeah, it makes you <laughs> make make you say dumb shit, but it doesn't make you racist. Yeah, I mean that's what they say. It's like when someone cheats and they use the fact that they were drunk as an excuse. It's like they wanted to anyway. Right. It's when you're drunk is like when all of those like truthful things start to kind of come out. Sometimes they come out the wrong way and not the way that you intended them or in a healthy manner but like usually there's it's kind of like truth serum you know like the stuff comes out yeah i mean and also once again and i want to reiterate 
none of this is new. Like, Roseanne has always been racist. Yes. She's always said crazy shit. None of this is brand new. We shouldn't act like it's new. Nope. Um, and ABC shouldn't have given her her show back in the first place. If she wanted to reboot Roseanne, she should have started at the Connors yeah. without Roseanne. I agree. Um, I agree. But I, I really don't have any sort of desire to watch. I, I've never been a... a Roseanne. I won't man. watch it either. Yeah, I don't really have any sort of desire, but I'm glad that we are able to kind of keep up on how everything is going. I just don't. Yeah, I feel like I it mean, should have just died. To I'm, be honest, I'm happy. It's for... gonna run for like one season, and then it's gonna. Well, I don't know. Roseanne was pretty popular, um, but I'm happy for the. I'm happy for the cast and crew Agreed. that they didn't lose their jobs. Right, but at the same time, I feel like. ABC has fucked this up so tremendously um, that it will be impressive if this goes without a hitch. So they will be bringing it back, and they have said that um, Roseanne Barr will have no financial or creative involvement in the new series. So that was in the ABC press release. Do you remember when they killed off Carly Carly Sheen? (laughs) Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, and that crash and burned. Yeah. Yeah. That was bad. Um, Okay, so what do you got? Okay, I'm just going to straight up read a Jezebel article. Okay. Who's it by? It is by Ashley Reese. All right, Ashley! Ashley Reese. Can't help but, spelled B-U-T-T, notice, Olympic skater Adam Rippon... Has quite the boot. Ooh. Have you seen these photos? Yes. Okay, so last year, Ashley Wagner did a photo shoot naked on ice with skates, and I just had to... Okay, so let me take you back into young little Mad's mind. I seriously, since I was a child, had a dream of skating naked. I don't know what it is. Very refreshing, I feel. I was also very, like... like okay, my mom gave me the sex talk when I was, like, seven years old. Like, maybe even before. Maybe I was six. I don't know. I was very young. I was very fascinated by nudity. I was very fascinated by sex. It was weird. So, I don't think that's weird. But I mean, like, it's people don't talk about it very much. Yeah. So, in my mind, I was just, like, skating naked. Like, it was one of those things that I would, like think about before I went to sleep because I thought it'd be really cool and I really feel fun. like I would do it now. I feel right? like that would, if I had the whole it's place to myself. It's still my fucking dream. Great. And so I, I had like commented on Ashley Wagner's photo and posted on my Instagram like a year ago being like she is fulfilling my dream. Well now Adam Rippon is doing it too. This is my dream uh, guys. And he looks his butt. Amazing. Okay we've always known his butt is amazing but my god that butt. Yeah. The butt. Oh yeah. my god. It's out of this world. Well his whole body is just like Jesus. I know but I mean his what? Yeah, he looks Look good. at that thing. It is it's like a amazing. Peach. Oh, it's just perfect. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say that we are both doing the cupping hands we are, gesture. Without <laughs> <laughs> even realizing. Figure skater and Olympic medalist Adam Rippon was honored to share his buns of steel to his thousands of Twitter followers today. Rippon is one of the cover stars of ESPN's annual Body Issue, now in its 10th year. The special features gorgeous photography of a variety of sportsmen and sportswomen in the nude, and Rippon looks like a goddamn Greek god on ice. Does he ever... 
When it comes to objectifying bodies in the name of sports, ESPN's body issue feels like a perfect foil to Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue. <laughs> totally true. Sure, the latter has become more inclusive over the past few years, but the body issue has consistently provided space to athletes of various shapes, sizes, and ages. Ripped football players with insane abs alongside strong, soft-bellied softball players, both at the top of their game, both able to crush me like a fucking bug. Heroes, honestly. Yeah, they're they're fucking beautiful. All the pictures are beautiful, but I gotta say, I'm just picturing, like, he's gotta have, like, one of those little, like, penis slings on, right? To be, oh, like, covering his junk. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, unless he's just... Fine with it, you know. I mean, like, he could be, but I'm just picturing he's in a spin. This is a spin that he's doing right here. I'm just picturing like, like I a mean, penis sticking straight like out, like flying around. Well, yeah, he's spinning. It's gonna yeah. go up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We could probably ask somebody. Who can we write? Do you know? If you know... Dear Mr. Rippon, we want to know if you were wearing something over your penis during this shoot, or if it was just straight up twirling around in <laughs> Sincerely, the girls from your angry neighborhood feminist. He's like, block and delete. Block. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, there's got to be some sort of whatever, but I... Love those photos so much. Not because his butt just looks so glorious, but there is something very, like, beautiful to me about it, and especially when it comes to the sport of figure skating. For those of you who don't know, if you've never seen I, Tanya, if you don't know anything about the sport, it's got very strict guidelines on how people should act, mm-hmm. how they should Decorum. look, what they should skate to, how you're supposed to behave, like, what the, what the original kind of ice princess is supposed to look like. And figure skaters being nude... For a photo shoot is not what a figure skater is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, football players, basketball players, mostly men, you know, it's, yeah. it's been kind of like normalized, normalized mm-hmm. and it's okay, you know, and then if it's just models in swimsuits or nude, it's fine. But when it comes to figure skating for both men and women, there is kind of like this double standard where the sport kind of raises their eyebrows a little bit. It's such a political sport that by doing something like this, although I believe he is retiring from competition, um, it could affect how you are scored. Yeah. And they could choose not to bring you to certain competitions. Like, it is heavily political. Listen. For me, but just to see... Ashley Wagner and now Adam Rippon both be in this body issue and to be nude in their skates doing their sport to me is super empowering and all people are like my kids are big fans of yours and you're blah 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 it's like no that's empowering and wonderful but here's the thing you can have whatever opinions you want about whether or not it's empowering or not at the end of the day and this is something that like I've kind of learned as just a person that exists on the internet yeah um is I it we can't you can't please everybody no. and you can't do things because you're worried. I'm the queen of not doing things because I'm worried about perception right. and things like that. And as you go through life existing on the internet and as you kind of like develop a different kind of relationship with people on the internet, maybe people right. you don't know on the internet, et cetera, et cetera, you can't make everyone happy all the time. It's not going to happen, and you shouldn't strive for that. Yeah. And if people want to stop, it has to be about your choice, right? If people 
I just think the audacity of saying, like, I can't believe you did this or that because I don't like it for my children or my parenting style is so unbelievably narcissistic and self-focused. Yeah. Um, I, kind of, I wish that I had seen something like that growing up. Well, I just sport, think looking know? at... I just think normalizing naked bodies in general is important. And um, I love the body issue just because I am always filled with so much like awe at looking at athletes' bodies. Like I'm just like, that is amazing. And all the different kinds of like first of all, just like the strength and power in their bodies and then also like the different shapes. Like I think Serena did it and yeah, I was just did. like, wow, like yeah. she looks so powerful. Yeah. And I think that that was a beautiful thing to kind of normalize. Because that's their tool. That's their paintbrush. Right. Their well, body, and you know? I think it was great to kind of normalize a different image of what a female body is supposed to look like. So I think that that was really beautiful. Um, and Adam, you look, listen, you don't need them. You won Dancing with the Stars. You're fine. Yeah. I mean, I I really highly doubt that Adam gives two fucks no, anyway. he does not. Should we... Um, do you have anything else to say? Sorry. Didn't no, I did, you. but you know what? We'll do that. We'll do these... I have two other things on here, but we'll do them next week. Okay. You sure? Yes. Okay, so really quick, I wanted to read a coming out story from somebody that I just... As I was pulling all this together, my fault, totally my bad, skipped over this story... <clears throat> so it's a short one. I wanted to read it really quick just to give this person the recognition that they deserve. And if you like this coming out story and you haven't listened to our last episode, you should go back and listen to our last episode because it's really good. I really enjoyed it. That was it's my favorite episode. Yeah, so I far. loved listening to it. Like I recorded it. Like sometimes when I'm listening back to episodes, I get so bored because I already know what I'm gonna say. But there was something really new and refreshing about listening to it after we recorded it, and I'm I'm really proud of us, and I'm yeah. really proud of that episode. And it, me too. It really, it's really really great. Um, so go back and listen to it. We're gonna give you one more quick story. Uh, this person says, "I'm by." My dad had no idea until the election. I was so angry at my family for supporting Trump. They said nothing in my life would be affected by his policies. I'm a single mother, a small business owner, and I date men and women. I actually screamed it at them. Everybody got so quiet and pretended I didn't say anything. It's still infuriating. And this person was so sweet. So I responded today because they posted, like, everyone check out this episode. It's so great. And I was like, oh, my God, we didn't share your episode. And um, I basically told her, I'm so sorry. You know, I sincerely apologize for not posting your or for not telling your story. We're definitely going to read it tonight, yada, yada, yada. And this person says, I would not ever be upset about not being included. My voice is not as needed as the vast majority of the LGBTQ community. I have a relatively privileged life. Heart emoji. I am just glad to have discovered your podcast. And um, that to me was very poignant because she was like, no, 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 this isn't about me. This isn't about my story. This I, is about everybody's voice. I agree. Um, but I also want to let her know that... Her story is super important it's because very important. I think it's really important to for a couple of reasons. I think it's really important to note that, and I think we got several stories like this, that people on the LGBTQIA spectrum 
are not going to always look the way you think they're going to look. They're not always going to have the kind of life you think they're going to have. They might be single mothers who are small business owners, you know, who have conservative family members. Like, Yeah, they're not always going to be the stereotype that you can like to believe. Yeah, you might not always think that. And I think that's, like, you are so much a part of this story and such an integral, a part (laughs) such an integral part of this society um, and community. And your story deserves to be told just like everyone else's. So, And I think... Sorry, you continue. No, I just... I so appreciate that she um, did have that realization and, and, you know, acknowledged her own privilege. And I think that that's fantastic on a personal level. But I just want her to know that we see you as so much a part of this community. And we appreciate you so much. And the fact that she mentioned coming out around the time of the election, I think, is really important. Because, I mean, that's the reason that you and I are sitting here today. Because we both needed to have something... To do, we needed an outlet to be able to share our grief and our pain and our anger, and it's turned into art and something that we love to do. And so, for her to stand up to her family in a time of such hatred and of, you know, literally someone saying it's okay to be hateful, to go against that, especially right. in your family, and to is say amazing, yeah, and to say it's okay to be hateful because this doesn't affect you. I think that that's so telling of a certain mindset of saying like, well, you can be hateful of this thing because how does it affect you? It's like, you can, you can care about policies. Like in this case, it did affect her, but like you can care about policies that don't affect you because that, that's humanity. Uh, Yeah. That's That's empathy. Things we talk about. We just did a whole, we did a whole pride month thing. We are both boring straight people guys, (laughs) but that's what we fucking care. So I, I want like, not, I'm not trying to disparage, listen, everyone knows that my family is very conservative. I'm not trying to disparage your family at all, but I will say that I worry about people who feel like they don't need to be empathetic to other people because it doesn't affect them personally. Yes. Um, that's to me very concerning. And I feel like that's to take it all the way back to the first thing we talked about today. I feel like that mindset plays in a lot to why people don't seem to care so much about these kids basically being put in concentration camps. Because they are not. They are kids. They are not. Yeah. They don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And so, um, but we know that none of you guys think that way. We know that we are all, for the most part, like-minded people, and that's why we are so lucky to have this amazing community, and, um... And it feels like a community, and I'm so loving that. I know. That's my favorite part I of doing this podcast. talking to you guys yeah. so much, and I have so many new friends, and it's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, let's close up a little bit. I just want to remind you guys that you can find us pretty much anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, but a quick, gentle nudge in listening to us on Radio Public, um... Do what Keegan's friend Amy does and just, like, you know, turn it on and turn the volume down if you already heard the episode. Just let uh, it play on the app on, the morning. on the app on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just turn it on. Yeah. Not I do that, radio. too. When no, I'm at work I sometimes. Should. Yeah, when I'm at work, I'll plug my headphones in um, to my phone, and I'll just let the app play, and yeah. it'll just go from one episode to another. I think I'm going to do that while I sleep one night. Yeah. That's a good idea, right? Yeah. So that, it just helps us out a lot. 
Um, your listens really do matter. We finally hit 10,000 listens. Yeah. It helps us get advertisers. It helps us uh, get out there a little bit. So if you really enjoy our content, these are things that will help us be able to grow as a business and grow as a podcast. And uh, and please rate and review because... Yes, the reviews are so fucking great. They make me feel so good. We just text each other lovely things that we read mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I can't begin to tell you how amazing it makes me feel that there are people out there listening to me who I've never met before that is touched by this. Yeah. It's something that is so special and unbelievable and it makes me feel so good and um, I'm happy that we do something that makes you feel good. Uh, So please rate and review us on iTunes. That's also really helpful for us. If you have a sister solidarity story, if you want to share your coming out story, even though Pride Month is ending... Or if you just have anything that you want to share with us, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Keegan is starting to get more and more active on Twitter. You're my girl, Keegan. (laughs) Our Twitter is YANF, Y-A-N-F podcast. Uh, Anything else? Oh, we have a Facebook discussion group. We do. It's not very active right now, but you know what? If you all Make we're gonna do yeah <laughs> yeah we're gonna do an angry neighborhood feminist challenge. Um, everybody get on Facebook and uh, join our discussion group and uh, start sharing. You know what? Here's the challenge: get on Facebook, start you know joining our discussion group, and then start sending us stories you want us to cover in mini episodes. Yes, do that, and we will yes. do that. Or just topics in general. I mean, we have a whole list of topics that we want to discuss, and a lot of it has to do with like when it is in the month. Um, but if you have ideas of things that you'd like us to talk about, uh, topics, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just really love hearing from you guys, and it helps us out a lot, and it'll, in turn, help you guys a lot to hear what you want to hear. So that's why, you know, you gotta like hear from you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> if fine. you couldn't make that out, that was Madigan yeah, saying, yeah. we gotta hear from you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. All right. Thank you, Keegan. <laughs> All right, so I think that's everything. And um, with that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.